are you are a sharp. You know that, George? Yeah. You are sharp. I wish. I wish. You know, it's funny. I did play Daddy Warbucks one time in the place. <laughs> did you? Really? Yeah, so I looked like Tom. So I'm... Okay. Good for you. Did you go all the way and, and, and bick the, all of the hair, or did you wear a full cap? I kind of had to fake it a little bit because I was working. I thought I didn't, I didn't want to go to work. I think, oh, my God, what would these people think? <laughs> I did have a hard time though when I played in Fiddler. I had to grow a beard and stuff. And they go, what's wrong with this guy? He just kind of looks weird. I don't know. Yeah, he'd look good in a beard. I bet. Yeah. At least he doesn't play any. Huh? No, I. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. I, I started singing the I started singing the songs and when he started getting in the, you know. So anyway. Yeah, the only one I can remember real well is uh, if I were a rich man. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Which is probably the most famous one from there, but anyhow. So we're we're in the midst of Advent, and uh, the la yesterday and today uh, uh, we were dealing specifically today. Yesterday we were dealing with uh, so much of the language that, that we were reading about uh, darkness and tribulation and the apocalypse. End times. Uh, yeah, it it sounds like end times, and I think that um, you know apocalyptic writing always in scripture always follows some sort of a catastrophe. You know, things happen. People get upset, people get concerned, and we have uh, apocryphal or uh, uh, literature that's written, not, no, I'm sorry, not apocryphal, that's an incorrect word, apocalyptic literature written. Apocryphal would mean false, okay? So we're not talking about false literature, we're talking about apocalyptic literature. And uh, I think that uh, one of the writers here uh, had a great term when he talked about that there is, a, when you find yourself in a crisis, when you find yourself in a theological emergency, I like that term. I hope mm -hmm. I can remember it and use it. Uh, it's a great, uh, it's a great uh, turn of phrase, I think. But it's out of that emergency that the, this apocalyptic way of thinking takes shape. And uh, obviously, the second half of Isaiah is all about that. It's all written about uh, the idea of the Babylonian captivity. And, you know, when we're in the midst of struggles, it just seems like you, you sometimes wonder, where is hope? Where is hope? And optimism, uh, I love this phrase here. He says, the optimism fails when it's swallowed up in darkness. Yep. You can be op optimistic, but man, when darkness hits you, when it when it just seems to overwhelm you, you are just lost. And yet, uh, apocalyptic theology, according to this guy, is the theology of hope. Isn't that interesting? That in the midst of, of an apocalyptic time in our lives, hope is what is born out of that or should be born out of it or perhaps maybe only could be born out of that. It's exactly what Israel was looking for, not only in, when they were in Babylon, but also during the first century when Rome ruled and the Jews had no way where of turning. They were, they were stuck, you know, uh, as a, a subjugated uh, people. And how does that, how does that strike you for what we're going through right now? Mm-hmm. Silent, huh? Everyone's on mute. 
Yeah, because we don't know the answer. We may be getting a little bit closer if you're talking about right now. But we hope that that uh, vaccine works. We hope that uh, I don't get it. We hope that, uh, that it goes away within the next few months. You don't know that. That's not scientific, probably. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but but uh, but what we do know, but where do we, yes. is that is that God will be with us. Yeah, that that when yeah. we when we when we pass through the waters, when we pass yeah. through the rivers, they won't sweep over us. When we walk through the fire, we will not. Mm -hmm. The flames will not. Someone spent a lot of time in the apple uh, apocalyptic literature there right now, bud. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Wonder right. why. It's all perspective, right? <laughs> That's for sure. That's for sure. The word the, the word in Isaiah 43 2 is when. He didn't say he didn't. It won't happen. He says when. Exactly. So not it shouldn't if. be a Yeah, not if. Right, it's not a surprise. The Lord says uh, that it will happen. Then if we found another word in the, in the Bible, it's granted to you to suffer for Christ. Yeah. Granted? Yeah. Ah, that's not my wish. No, but I that's wanna, the, he's his mood the transition. It's one of the problems we've had yeah. with, with Christianity, especially American Christianity. Come to Christ, and all of your all of your problems are solved. Really, <clears throat> that's that's a lot of what we've heard over the over the years here in in America, and a lot of people yeah. turn to Christ and then go, "Wait a second, that's not what I'm." I didn't getting. sign up. I didn't sign up for this. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry. Aren't Say it again, Tom. It's the prosperity gospel that. Yeah, it is. Yeah. That some some people. Preachers, you know, preach. I mean, the Make the, a lot of money doing it. the leading one is the leading one, and I, I like him, but it, it's like you don't hear any. The other side of it is is Joel Osteen, and everything. Yeah, he's probably the worst. Yeah, <laughs> if, you're, if you're like, you know, if if you're a Christian, you know, everything, you, you know, everything is going to be rosy in this world. Wouldn't it be great if that was the way? So we could just sit. You know, I I, I always thought it would be like kind of like uh, easy chair theology. <laughs> I think a lot of, but, we, but the problem I don't is think that, I don't think it's solved away from God. I mean, that's the problem. It's yeah. not that everything's rosy, but if you look at Joshua and Caleb, when those twelve spies went to Israel, you have a choice to to walk forward in faith, or you can focus on the giants and the fact that you're a grasshopper. You know, uh, it's it's what you're what you're focused on. Mm -hmm. They still had a war to fight. Yep. That's the other thing I think people fail to realize is you don't realize that once you become saved, you've joined in a warfare and don't really realize it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, are, you, are you saying that uh, American preachers are like used car salesmen? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not saying all American you preachers said, yeah. are, but I know that you know, the tendency is to preach about all of the good that comes. And, and, and there's, pretty. trust me, there is a lot of good that comes with being a believer but jesus says why do you think that you're going to have a better deal than i had they persecuted me why do you think that you get out of this this life without being persecuted without having problems you know and i and it just it, it, it's a hard sell to tell somebody who's really <laughs> desperate and hopeful oh yeah come to me because you're gonna to have to be worse 
I think you know, it's going to get yeah, worse. I think where the where the positive, <laughs> I think where the positive yeah. comes in though, Edwin is is you know don't don't feed people a half truth. Give them the whole truth. Right. You know, say hey, right. you know what? You might still have to go through some tough times, but here's the deal: somebody's going to go with matter. you through that. <laughs> Right. Someone who's experienced the same kinds of things that you have, maybe not the exact same thing, you know, God, what we have of Christ is this is in every way he was tempted like man. It doesn't say he, he suffered every temptation, but in every way he was tempted, yet he's without sin. He's, a, he's who gives us hope, is Christ. Yeah. In the midst of the furnace, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they have someone with them in the midst of there. You know, if if I'm going through a tough time, I it's really nice to have a friend go with you, especially someone who knows all about the, the struggle that we're going to go through and says, you know what, you can overcome this. And Tom, I hate to do this to you, but I, I'm, I'm going to have to hate on you for a while because <laughs> I'm really seriously considering James for January. Yeah, Ooh. it's going to be, it's your fault. 40 years uh, I managed it. to get I away from this. Gary, 40 Gary, years, I want you to know that. And Gary is do it, us, but I know it's your fault. Like, Gary is not with us, but I know he's like, he is so excited. <laughs> he's clapping. <laughs> I hate you. He's driving and Jesus has taken the wheel. <laughs> oh, man, I'll tell you, I, I just, I like it. It's going to be, uh, you know. I'm hoping that I I can keep my strength up here and and I I'm trusting God in that regard. But uh, so I'll be here with you and. Well, we'll also put it up on uh, on uh, our uh, um, yeah podcast, so you can always yep. you can always catch up. Yeah, well, I'm I'm planning on being here as live as at Memorex. So all right, man. Well. That's I, I, it, it's not a, a done deal, but it's getting closer and closer. And I'm going to tell you, it's you and Denny. I got to blame. Where's Denny at? Den, Denny, it's your fault too. <laughs> yeah. Spreading the blame around here. The bunch of you guys that deserve blame for what I'm going to have to go through. And it's going to be your fault. So why don't you just throw everybody under the bus? I think we'll all be oh, Okay, Edwin, I can throw you under the bus too. I ain't no problem with that, man. <laughs> I'm going to tell you, I managed to get away from, from having to teach the book of James for 40 years. It was a four, that my very first time I taught uh, an adult Bible study was uh, actually the Sunday school was, was James. And now I have to, and now I'm considering doing it again. And I'm going, I must have my, have to get my head examined. I have to get my head examined. I can't believe it's the COVID. I think it's, I, I think it's, it's the COVID. I think, it, I think it's it, Tom. I think you and, 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 Denny have been praying for the wrong thing, and I'm I'm so upset with you right now. <laughs> hey, we all have trials. What's that? We all have trials. Yeah, and I, and I get to go through mine again. Thank you so much. What do you think about the about all of the what What do you think when you read the the end times? You read all of the possible things that are going to go wrong. Does it give you Does it give you fear or does it give you hope? Think about that. I've always, you know, I, I've often read it thinking, wow, you know, those are things I don't want to go through. But yet, isn't there an aspect out of that that says, you know, when this happens, Jesus says, look up. Why? 
There's a the fear the fear is not for us. The fear is for our loved ones of our people that we've been praying for forever to know what might happen to them. Yeah, of course, I'm also fearful of all the stuff that I have to go through before he returns, whatever that is. That's why, again, I am a chicken, and that's why I am a pre, uh, pre-tribulation believer. I believe that I want to get out of this before all that stuff goes on. The first cut. I want the first cut. <laughs> if I have to take the middle cut, that's fine. That's my fallback position. My absolute final position, as you all know, is the, is after the tribulation, I expect Christ to return. One of those three, I'm opting personally for first for before. That's hope. Yeah, it's hope. But, and uh, big time hope. At the same time, at the same time, don't you think that we strive when we take these positions, pre, mid, and post? We take it. I will say mostly for our own benefit because people that preceded us, for them, that was their final tribulation. And I remember those 25 or 21 people on the Libyan coast that were, that trot slit for their fate. Well, that's that's not the tribulation we're talking about though. I understand. I know what what you're saying. All of us have to go through a decision of deciding what we're going to do. Are exactly. We going to trust Christ? Exactly. And we're going right. to trust Christ in the midst of whatever crisis we're in. Exactamundo. Yeah. And again, it comes down to our understanding of who, who God is and his character. Is he a right. good God? Or is he an evil God? Exactamundo. That's Italian. Yep. Exactamundo. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Val. You said... Yeah. Uh, what could go wrong? It started off with that section. What do you mean, what could go wrong? Well, I don't know. Let's see. Uh, we're talking about uh, darkness. We're talking about tribulation. We're talking about the sun being darkened, the moon giving no light. Stars are falling from heaven. All kinds of <clears throat> uh, of uh, wars, rumors of wars. Oh, I was thinking you were thinking suggesting that there's a flaw in God's plan or something along those lines. Oh, no, 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 no. God's plan plan is perfect. I I have to believe that God has my best intentions at at heart. Intentions. Even for the stuff that I go through. He teaches you through through troubles. Yeah, that's what, unfortunately, what I've learned. I know, it's no fun. I wish it was easier to, to learn without having to go through that stuff. Yeah. Well, if you're perfect like me, you wouldn't have that problem, but. Oh, that's good to know. I'll follow your example. Uh, But when I get uh, discouraged and stuff, I think, oh, well, at least I wasn't Jonah. (laughs) True. (laughs) I think it'd be a cool story to tell the grandkids, too, though. Right. right. Well, that's true. It would be a whale of a story you'd have to tell. (laughs) That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So what about this, you know, do, do we... In the midst of catastrophe, in the midst of crisis, is it that we that we turn to God, or is it that He's the the last resort? We t- where, where do we turn to first in the midst of things going wrong? Well, you you look at this pandemic. We're all hoping for a vaccine, 
Mm-hmm. Is that taking our focus off wrong? Should be hoping for the Lord to deliver us? What do you think? Well, like it's the Spanish flu took three years to burn out. Mm-hmm. That's basically what happened with it. It just burned out. Three years later, after 30 million people died, it just stopped. So we don't want that type of situation. You're basically trying to prevent that now. And uh, I think the issue is always trying to find a hope in things that's going on. And it's difficult sometimes when you're walking through some dark waters. Because it's like, even if, like the three Hebrew children, even if you get thrown in the fire, do you believe I will be, you know, up yours, up you, Nebuchadnezzar, I'm not bowing. So. (laughs) Well, is, is, is God the one that, you know, this whole vaccine, I mean, the fact that they were able to do this. In such a short period of time, I mean, they said it it would normally have taken years. Right. Yeah. So, uh, how about giving God credit for? Amen. Amen. Yeah. How about giving God credit for having uh, having created people that have the ability to to do that? Yeah. Absolutely. Take the time to do it. (laughs) Yeah. 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 What what do you think though about this? In the midst of all this, do, don't you do? Do you ever question about how long it's taking? It's like really, you know, is can't you do this any faster, God? You know, my patience level is very short. I'd really like for you to just get on with with it. But that's that's what it's it's all about. You know, waiting in God's time. I mean, God God has a plan in in a time, and uh, you know that's that's the. T- the problem is it requires patience and waiting on our part. And that's, well, that's a gift of the spirit and not one that I've been very well endowed with sometimes. What about things that happened to you at early in your life and you're still waiting for God to deliver you from those things. And you might have to carry those to the end of your life. Yeah, you might. Aren't you glad God didn't come a hundred years ago? I'm always, I, I'm like everybody else. I wish he'd come back today right now. But my, I, then I go back to the side. I know God's not willing. Any should perish. Any should perish. Yeah. Any should perish. Yeah. And I think that's the hard, that's the big thing between the two. You know, I want you to come back. It's kind of correct things. Isn't it better. interesting? He's waiting in, for somebody. In yeah. the midst of all of this, it would appear that, that, that God, God's long suffering when it comes to wanting people to turn to him, it's his long suffering that, that we both appreciate and hate all at the same time. You and I are always appreciative when God is long suffering for us, when it comes to us getting around to repenting of our sins. But when it comes to pandemics, when it comes to other people who are, uh, evil we want god to, to do it right now the other thing too it's interesting that it's mostly elderly people that are getting closer to their end mm-hmm. you know makes them think more about what's beyond here makes them maybe turn more quicker so god's not willing any of those to perish either so you know that the part of standing in the gap for people is obviously seeing them to come to the lord right yeah and- uh, that's the whole reason of intercessory prayer. 
And, and gentlemen, I, I'm not saying that we shouldn't have a vaccine. Um, I kind of was doing that on the opposite end. Uh, just my daughter uh, is in baby delivery and, um, you know, we almost didn't all get together for Thanksgiving because she's dealing with COVID patients. Yeah. And it's, you know, uh, we had a new grandson born, my new, you know, uh, from my son. Uh, so, it, it, you know, to, to worry about not getting together over the holiday and we were under 10 anyways, but it's just, yeah, uh, you know, you, you definitely want to continue with family and, and all the things that you want to stay involved with. And boy, yeah, I, uh, just for my own daughter's sake and uh, my other nieces, they're involved with the medical profession. You want a vaccine. You want. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but I'm always a pro. I'm always looking on the other end. You know, what would God have us do? So would, would you take it if it was, if it was uh, mandatory, if it was forced? I would not. You know, it's interesting. I worked at a hospital. You were, mandatory to, you were mandatory to take the shots. It might happen. Yeah, the flu shot. Yeah, the flu shots required for most hospitals. Yeah, you couldn't. Yeah. That couldn't work. They'd say, yep. you know, fine. So goodbye. Yep. <laughs> yep. But that was put on me in the military. You're a guinea pig. Yeah. They had vaccinations yeah. for anthrax, and they yeah. told you they gave us a class for about two hours and said you might have a kid with three heads. But then they said if you don't take this. <laughs> you're going to be court-martialed. Yeah. So, yeah, so that's, I don't, I don't How'd that work out with that kid with the three heads? <laughs> well, I, I refused to take it. Oh, and man. they, uh, they were going to, going to go forward with the, the threat of court-martial. And finally, uh, my friend, the doctor signed off and said, you bonehead. And he signed yeah. off. I gave it to my, my commanding officer. He said, glad you came to your senses. But, uh, yeah, that stuff's serious when the, when the authority, the, the government right. tells you you're going to do something. I think I know you though. Hmm. Hmm. What do you think about this? The, in in uh, today's reading, we're dealing with uh, Second Peter and some in First Peter, but uh, it says the Lord is not in, in First in Second Peter three nine. It says the Lord is not slow in keeping His promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, He is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. Yeah, see, you look at it. George was referring to. Yeah. Isn't that, isn't that something when we talk about, you know, our, our desires for God sometimes, we want God to do it right now. And sometimes God's plan and our plan, ju timing just do not coincide. I tell you, in verse verse eight of that of, of that passage is, uh, do not forget this one thing, dear friends. The with the Lord, a day is a thousand years, and a thousand years is a day. Yeah. As a young person, I used to think that meant because you know I'm I'm really I can think like God, right? I'm as smart as God, and I can make I can figure this out. So I figured it meant that God would not return for th for three thousand years. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. You know, three days in the tomb and three thousand years. Eh, what's a day? You know. There you go. So we got about. Uh, yeah, we got about eight hundred, nine hundred and some years. Uh, we have okay. to go. Yeah, nine hundred, nine eighty. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think that's accurate. I think I'm wrong yeah. on that, by the way. But I just said, uh, you know. It's good, good possibility. 
as a kid, you know, I was probably elementary school or early, high, early junior high. And I thought, oh, I got it figured out. I know what's going on. <laughs> yeah, but then, but, <clears throat> but then I don't know how you interpreted it that way, Val, because it goes on in, in verse 10 to say that the day of the Lord will come like a thief, and we don't know when it will be. So yeah, I you know, know, but I was smart enough to figure yeah, it out. He was smarter than the thief. I was smarter than all the, you know all my teachers. <laughs> just just like the the guys that they're, you know and, and gals, as the case may be, that they get out there and, and say, "I know when the Lord. I figured out the code. I know when God's coming back, and He's coming back on this day." And it was that guy out in California. I can't remember his name now, but. You know, I think he predicted the Lord three, coming back three different times, and he kept getting his his calculations wrong. So he'd have to go back and recalculate. You know, when the when the day passed, when God didn't come, didn't return. But there is something about the way that we wait for the Lord, and that we are sometimes. I think we really want Him to come a lot faster than than we think we do. You know, then we, then we really should perhaps want it. And God, God is slow to run, and he, he wants us to be the same way. And so often, that's not my problem. That's not my the way I answer things. What do you think of this? Uh, and maybe you haven't got here today, but it's talking about the final judgment. And it talks about uh, God creating a new heaven and a new earth, and He's doing it by by fire. Yeah, that one. Yes. That's out of Second Peter three as well. I had a uh, just this is, of course me. I'm always looking for the the different things. Is that uh, he mentions in here that the, the past judgment did not mean uh, God it utterly washed us away of all creation. He's talking about the when it, when the earth yeah, the was covered in the flood. Yeah. He says it, but what he says is, is, a, uh, is the final judgment, what did he say here, the past? He says that doesn't mean that it, that it wiped away all, all creation. Yeah, only about a dozen people lived, supposedly, right. if you're a believer. But the, but the world was still here. All right, so the fire's going to be the same thing, a half a dozen people? No. <laughs> <laughs> Beyond my ability to figure that out, what I know is there's going to be a big fire there's going to be a lot of change, and and think of it this: the way I the way I envision this in my mind. And again, I'm not a scientist. I don't claim to be. Well, this guy isn't either. Vince, uh, here's what here's what I think. Bad it would Vince. When you have forest fires, new growth happens that yeah. doesn't happen without forest fires, right? True. So is but it possible that that when God recreates this world, He uses all of the stuff we have? He burns it away, however that, whatever that means, uh, we don't know. And out of it comes a much better uh, situation. And, and the goal, God's yeah. goal has always because, been to recreate the earth back to the original way it was. Okay, yeah. I, think, I think fire is, a, is, a, um, is a, an antiseptic, a, a, a killer of things. So that's good, actually. Good. I'm yeah. saying it wrong because my mind is screwed up there. Well, I think no. that it would be interesting to see how that might play out. Just as long as I don't have to be on the earth while it, it's going, unless I have a really good asbestos suit. <laughs> well, the, you know, you, you look back prior to the flood, um, and you look at the creation. Um, uh, this museum used to be, or is still in Tennessee there. Mm -hmm. um, 
when you look at the age and the type of world it was prior to the flood and longevity of life and how long people lived, it was similar to the Garden of Eden. Uh, And, you know, obviously through sin and generations, it kept changing and changing and changing. And then, um, so the way I've always looked at it, he wants to bring it back to similar to the Garden of Eden. I, I think I, I agree with you. I think I that's exactly that. the plan. The, 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 flood, the flood gave the earth a death sentence. And, and uh, it, you look at the original ages, right? Starting with eternal and then a thousand years and then 120. And then now uh, our cage was different. So he's got it. It's like I said, it has a death sentence on it now, this one. Interesting way of putting it. Yeah. I like the end of this of this reading that uh, this Vince uh, uh, person here put together here, where he says, "How how is the news of the final judgment a reason for encouragement rather than fear?" What do you think? The answer is encouragement rather than fear. I didn't catch the first part. He says, how, how is this a reason for the, the news of God's judgment is a reason for encouragement rather than fear? Because for believers, it's, it's a big encouragement. Yes, because yeah. we know the end of the story. That's not the end of the story. The end of the story is it comes back and he makes it. If, right. if the middle is true, so is the end. Yeah. Amen. Yep. Yeah. Again, if God has been faithful in the past, we can expect him to be faithful in the future. You see God's hand and that's what. One of the reasons I always encourage you, write down stuff that you're going through. You know, I'm not as good of a journalist as uh, as Tom is right now. Yeah. And Tom has been over the last few years. But as you, as you remember what God has done in the past, it should encourage you for what he'll do in the future. Yeah. Not only his salvation of you, but all of the things that he's worked out in your life to make you conform to his son's image. So good things. We might not like it. You know, sometimes I wish he used a little more oil when he was putting me on the on the sharpening stone. <laughs> I don't particularly care for that rough edge that he has to he's knock it off. He's on that 80 weight. <laughs> yeah, I need a little heavier weight. But he goes on to say, uh, God is going to make every part. Val Hebrews 13.8. Yeah. Yeah, God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Yes, he sure is. There is no, yeah, and and the and that gives you hope. It Absolutely, should. yeah. You know, I think that I love the fact that God's. I think God's going to take everything that is even the best of everything we have today, whatever that might be, and He's going to make it even better when He's done. So that means that that God never. You always hear like, oh, there's. You look at the. God of the Old Testament and the God of the New Testament, right? So he has he is still the same. So still the same. That's right. He's still holy. <laughs> yep. Still righteous. Still yeah. other than us, but still loves us. I'm reminded of uh, when it comes about taking something that's good and making it even better. Um, we uh, one year I forget which anniversary it was. For one year, I went out and bought my wife a Thomas Kincaid. Because it used to be a gallery in um, uh-huh. in Rochester Hill, uh, Rochester, uh-huh. right downtown. Yeah, I did in Rochester. Yeah, and uh, I went there and we bought uh, a uh, 
one of his paintings, one of his lithographs, I guess, really, is what on canvas, whatever. But the deal was that the time that we bought it is if you bought it uh, at, at, during this time frame, that there was an artist that had been trained by him that would come in and enhance the, the what you bought, the lithograph or the whatever. And, and so that's what they did. And they and they took what what I thought to begin with was a, a gorgeous piece, but when they were done with it, it just it just blossomed even more. Mm. Uh, because they had they had been a student of his and they were uh paid by his organization to uh to enhance paintings or, or whatever lithographs, whatever they were. Um and I, I to this day I look at that painting, we turn the light on, and it's just it's amazing the, the picture. They took something that was great and enhanced it. Uh, and I think that's what God's going to do. He's going to take even the best that we have now, and it'll, it won't even compare to what it's going to be. It'll be so much better. So judgment and vindication and transformation are all coming. And the problem is when? Soon. you got to assume it's today. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, 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 and that's pretty hard to do. Maybe a little so, do we live with that type of intentionality? Probably not. And if we did, how would that change how we were around people? Would we share the word more? Would we live a little differently? Maybe a lot differently? You know, it. Um, it part of revelation and when you look at back they keep talking it'll come like a thief in the night it'll be like in the days of Noah. they were you know so whether you're post or pre-trib it sounds like life is just a normal day when he comes back yeah in the world's eyes yeah obviously it won't be to us because i think you know we, we're starting to see signs and stuff and um but that's how the world will look at it. Like, oh, come on, you know. Um, and it must get to the point of where, you know, there's not one person left that wants to change. Well, you know, I think it, it, it must be kind of interesting to, to think about the fact that I think that only Christians will hear the sound of the trumpet. I have no real firm foundation to tell you that that's the case. But I think that when, the, when God blows the trumpet, it's, it's only believers that will hear it. Well, how can, a, I'm sorry. If if that's true, then the part where every knee will bow, well, that's later. Everybody will see this. Yeah, yeah, that's later. In, in my in, in my theology, now, no, not because the, theology, but my theology is the trumpet will sound, the dead will be raised. It doesn't say this just the uh, Christian ones. Well, it's, he's talking about the dead in Christ will be raised. Yeah, not the first no, not all. First Corinthians 15. So there will come a time when all and when all of the that have died that that weren't raised during the rapture time frame will stand for the great right throne judgment. But in, in again in, in my theology, which might be different than some of yours, and that's okay. Uh, God, you know, takes the the believers home. Uh, we have the wedding feast, and then we come back and and. Uh, Christ uh, puts down the rebellion and sets up a thousand-year reign, followed which there will be another time of uh, 
in which the, the devil is let loose on the earth to wreak havoc. And mm -hmm. then uh, one final judgment and everyone will be judged both who has not been perm uh, already taken uh, uh, before God's judgment seat. Now for Christians, judgment seat is more like uh, being at the Olympics. You get a grade. How'd you do? You know, fortunately, we don't have any Russian judges. We have to worry about giving us low scores. <laughs> I, I think it's pass fail, right? Yeah, I think so, pretty much. But, you know, then it's still, you get the, you know, whatever. But, I don't need any. You, none of us are going to have gold crowns, so let's just relax. Yeah. I don't think Well, I think I'm going to have some gold in my crown, but I don't know. Yeah, but you're going to have to sit on it. the filling for my teeth, but. <laughs> But it's it's nothing that you've done in the flesh. It's, no, it's, well, it's, 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 it's how how did how did you yield to the Spirit of God? You know what what, did, what was He able to do with you? Yes, mm -hmm. yeah. It's that whole issue. Or again, First Corinthians talks about you know our works are going to be put to the test in fire. Not interesting how that works out. Fire again here. Fire, and if it's wood, hay, and stubble, it's going to be burned up. If it's gold, silver, precious stones, it's glass. Survive. I think I'm gonna build a foundry. <laughs> well, I was I was trying I tried to make a point. Uh, I had an illustration to use, and we'll use this. Uh, I guess our closing. When it comes to hearing the the, the trumpet of the Lord, uh, those of us who are who are listening for it, I think hear it. Uh, this this morning at uh, two thirty in the morning, uh, my wife comes. Uh, my wife is is telling me, Val, Val, wake up, wake up. I go, what what's going on? She says, there's there's an alarm going off. I don't know where it's at. Oh, wow. And she said, I've been up walking around. I think it's coming from the basement. Okay. Uh, Smoke uh, detector. Uh, it's probably the sump pump. Oh, we wow. Had, we had a, a battery backup put on this year. And uh, so 2.30 in the morning, I'm, I go down and I, uh, sure enough, it's the battery. Back. It's, we've had it installed. I've never had to use I've never had to, to really read up on it. So I'm reading you know, at 2.30 in the morning, I'm reading it. What, what does this alarm mean? And how do I turn it off? And, you know, all this stuff. And so I, I finally get back to bed about 3 o'clock. And I, uh, it took me a while to, to, to go back to sleep. And then I got up at 5.20 today, this morning. And I took my shower. And I'm going, as I come out of the shower, and, and which is in our bedroom, and I come into the main bedroom, and I'm and headed out. I think to myself, I think I hear that again. Huh. I couldn't hear it when I was in my room. Apparently, my hearing isn't quite as good as my wife's or something. I don't know. But anyhow, sure enough, the alarm is going off again downstairs. And I guess that my, my point was simply this. If you're listening for it, you're more likely to hear it than you. You know, now I'm, I'm listening. I'm waiting. Do I hear it? Hmm. Don't I hear it? You know, is it something? And I think I'll, I'll probably listen for it from this point on because now I, I'm, I'm aware that it's going to happen. Are we aware that we are listening for the trumpet? Are we prepared for what that means? Did you read the manual? You know, do you know what to do? And as we close, I guess my question is, are we ready? The, the, Jesus talks about the virgins that, that are preparing for the, the bridegroom to come, and some of them have oil in their lamps and some of them don't. Are you ready? So my question to you as we leave today or as we end this part of the thing is, what are you doing? How are you doing? Are you ready for Christ's return? And if not, let's get ready, both you and me. Yeah.